What's up? How is everybody doing? It's Friday. We have come to the weekend. Welcome to it. Work week is over, and we are here to talk about a couple of issues that popped up today and kind of round out the week. We also, God willing, will be recording our weekend podcast with Passions and Squirrely, as usual. And those episodes are pretty fun. They're they're about an hour long, uh, but they they're a good time. They're a good listen. So. That being said, let's talk about the news of the day. Last night I was um, scrolling around looking for different things to talk about as usual. And I ran across an article in Fortune Magazine, of all places, talking about Hogwarts Legacy and all the issues surrounding it. They even quoted Stacey Henley, the editor-in-chief of the gamer who I have picked as the face of the opposition to Hogwarts legacy. Uh, it was an interesting read for a couple of reasons. First, it was the, it was the first actual article that I've seen that highlighted the, the actual issue with Hogwarts legacy and what like the controversy is. And again, I don't, I don't fully understand why these outlets are so unwilling to actually say what what J.K. Rowling has said. Uh, in essence, again, the context to put it in the gamers' terms, the context of this thing is that J.K. Rowling believes that biological sex is the end all be all. You either are female or you are male, and nothing, no amount of surgery or hormone therapy will change that. Uh, I think she's willing to use pronouns. I think she's willing to treat you relatively the way you want to be treated, but she ultimately believes that you either are or you aren't male or female. That's, that's the context there. So that's been labeled as transphobic and uh, it has been a topic that uh, it's difficult to find. If you weren't actually there, if you weren't paying attention in 2017 or 2015, whenever this actually happened, then it's hard to actually find what she said. <laughs> All the links to everything are tweets about like how what she said was wrong and and reactions to the tweets, but they're not the actual tweets. They don't tell you anything. So, that's the first thing. Second thing is that it appears that this campaign to boycott uh, the game and to bully people out of playing it, and I use the word bully intentionally because that appears to be what's happening. The, the campaign to bully people off of playing the game and to prevent them from playing the game is somewhat successful. In that article in Fortune, they were talking to somebody at IGN, the guy that did the review, and he was amazed that he he was the guy that was going to do the review because he usually does live service reporting. But apparently the 
regular reporters, the people that would typically do the review of a game, were afraid of doing the review. They were afraid of the backlash on Twitter or wherever, and they didn't want to deal with what would come if they if they actually reviewed the game. Which we've spoken a little bit about the last couple of days. Uh, you know, the <laughs> there's an argument, there's a back and forth about whether or not people are actually being bullied because they're playing the game or if they're playing the victim and it appears that to a large extent people are actually being bullied they're not playing the victim they actually feel that they are being attacked in one way or another now to give uh credit to both sides of the story or to tell both sides of the story here it is Stacy is claiming that people are merely explaining why the game is problematic and why you should not be playing it. And people are equating that to bullying. I don't know. I don't get the sense that that's what's actually happening. I get the sense that... Have you seen the meme? Of course, I'm sure you have, but let me remind you. The meme where it's a bunch of stick figures, right? Three stick figures, two are sitting down, playing a game, and one is standing up and saying, oh, why are you playing that game? It's full of issues. It's The gameplay isn't even that good. They keep playing, and and the other one that's standing up is keeps going on. And they're like, hey, uh, the characters are boring, and the story doesn't even make any sense. And then the third panel, he's like, stop having fun. Like, I feel like, I feel like that's what's actually happening. Perhaps it started in the first panel. Perhaps it progressed to the second panel with further explanation. But people are still playing it. People are still having fun. So now here we are at the third panel where people are being bullied for... Straight up bullied for playing the game. There's a website that was created to show whether or not a streamer has played Hogwarts Legacy. And if you... It it was created for the sole purpose of identifying which streamers to cancel. Or which to avoid. In less dramatic terms. So, those are efforts that are ongoing. Apparently, people are also trying to spoil the game for others. So, if you go on social media and you start digging around, you're going to see comments about the end of the game i'm sure that's happening a lot on streams so there there is a campaign to make this game and the players that play it uh feel bad right feel bad about playing it and to make the game kind of uh something that you don't want to touch that campaign does exist and it is happening Again, I personally feel that it is detrimental to the trans community to be going about this this way. I think it is just a bad a bad look. You know, and because, specifically because, it has nothing to do with J.K. Rowling. It has nothing to do with J.K. Rowling. It has everything to do with gaming 
and the quality of the game. Now, a lot of people on the other side of this argument are going to say that, you know, you're giving money to J.K. Rowling, whether or not it she had anything to do with the game, and the this issue is bigger than a video game, which, okay, I can see your argument, but it, it, it doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold water, okay? At least in my mind, because she had no direct hand in this thing, and even if like we like we said uh, a couple of days ago, even if she were dead, they would have an issue with it. And really, that's that's the crux of it. Is that I I think underlying all of this, everybody knows that the damage has been done, and it, there is no there is no making them happy. It just is not possible. So this campaign, while it appears to be just, or, you know, people are trying to justify it to themselves in their own minds that they are doing the right thing by bullying people for playing the game or trying to make them feel bad or trying to say that you are, in Stacy's words, a bad person for playing this game. The fact of the matter is, they would feel that way even if J.K. Rowling were dead. I mean, honestly, they really would, because she said those things one time. We are in a, we live in a society, no, we, we live in a culture where you cannot be forgiven uh, for basically anything. There are a handful of exceptions, but by and large, you once you commit an error, you will not and cannot be forgiven. The best you can hope for in most cases is that people will forget. But the internet never forgets, does it? So that's kind of where we are with that situation. People are legitimately being bullied. There is a campaign to ruin the game. And I it's very hateful. It's more hateful than anything. <laughs> then there's a lot of hate floating around surrounding this game. And it's it's not a good look for the community for either community, for either the gaming community or the trans community. And I, my hope is that the gaming community doesn't retaliate and doesn't do anything. It's just, you give people enough rope, you know, and they'll they'll eventually hang themselves. The more and more incest uh, people are going to get because people are playing a video game, the worse they're actually going to look. So it, it's... It's not good. It's not good for anybody. I don't think that this boycott or this attempt to prevent people from engaging with it is productive in any way, shape, or form. I think you would have a much better chance at educating people, I guess, if you just let it be. Or, on the flip side, if you you know celebrated the fact that they added a trans character... So, to the storyline. It, it wasn't, you know, they added a trans character to the storyline. And they don't directly say that, but it's hinted at very strongly. Very, very strongly. It, it might as well have said it. So, celebrating that win is would be far, far more effective 
for the trans community and for the image of the trans community than what is actually happening. Because what is actually happening is just, it, it's hateful, it's spiteful, and it's... People do not like that. People do not react to that. It just... I, I mean, at least I feel that, again, to use Stacy's words as an example, you know, they keep saying, they keep referring to Hogwarts Legacy as, quote, a shiny new toy, end quote. And it's like, sure, sure, video games are entertainment, okay? But you can't call them toys in one sentence, and then claim you're a critic of art in another sentence. Like, you can't denigrate this industry on the one hand, and then immediately follow it up with, well, I'm a serious critic. And if you are a serious critic, then you have a responsibility to boycott this game. Yeah, You can't do both. You either are a serious critic, and you're going to stand by it, or you feel that you are reporting on toys and what you do is not worth really talking about. It's one of the two. Bear in mind, this is an editor-in-chief of an international global news company. This is not a small company. This is the same company that owns uh, Game Rant and Screen Rant. I mean, it's... But... This is the view that the gamer has. So, I, it's interesting. You know, if you're... I, I mentioned that because if you're, if you're that big, if you're in a position like that, and you're willing to take a stance like that, that you're both a serious critic because you are boycotting this thing, because of J.K. Rowling, who had nothing to do with this, and also that you that Hogwarts Legacy is a game is a toy and anybody that plays with their shiny new toy is really just lacking the maturity to deal with these issues then like if you have the top person at a publication saying things like that then i mean what is happening in regular life obviously stacy is not concerned about job security they feel that they are perfectly fine saying these things and being protected by them which may be justified because Stacy is trans so doing anything at this point may come across as transphobic or at least they're going to say that it's transphobic but I think with without even the job at stake, um, people are going to do a lot worse than what Stacy is doing, right? But anyway, just wanted to touch on that a little bit. We'll uh, we'll also talk about the Microsoft Activision uh, merger. So, if you don't know, and you should, Microsoft is trying to buy Activision Blizzard, and according to Microsoft, it's they're trying to buy Activision Blizzard because of the Candy Crush maker King. They're saying, Microsoft is saying that they have basically no market share in the mobile gaming space, mobile gaming space. 
and that king acquiring king is going to make them more competitive in the mobile gaming sector. Now they did show their revenue for mobile gaming and it is basically nothing. Uh, basically nothing. So that that is what's driving this merger. That's the argument that Microsoft is presenting. Of course, King doesn't come on its own. It comes as part of a deal with Activision and Blizzard. Activision, of course, owning Call of Duty. Blizzard is secondary to it. So the regulators in Europe are saying split up the company, sell Activision or sell Blizzard or sell both and keep King if that's your argument. And that was the latest development. Microsoft hasn't said one way or another what they're going to do. They would obviously prefer to have all three, obviously. The concession that they want to make is that they will keep Call of Duty on on PlayStation or on Nintendo or any other console that appears. I would assume. I don't know that that's actually in writing, but that's that's the direction they would like to go. They would like to own the companies but lease out the, the games or give rights to play to play the games on other consoles. They would rather do that than actually sell Activision Blizzard or split up the company. Now, a lot of people would say, look at this and say, you know, well, it looks like this deal isn't going to go through, but some of the investors that are looking at this are saying, no, 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 this is actually good news because Microsoft will give whatever they're, they're negotiating. Microsoft and the FTC and the regulators in Europe are negotiating. Nobody's, nobody's saying, no, this isn't going to happen. They're saying, how are we going to make this happen? So this merger is probably going to go through. It's probably going to, to have a major impact on gaming. Now, I read an article in GamesIndustry.biz discussing this, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. I, I, I went into it like, uh, you know, here we go. Uh, just another fight about, uh, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. And it's going to be all about call of duty, but actually, no, this one wasn't, this was this one was an intelligent conversation about why this may not be a good deal for the gaming industry. And it did give me, it did give me some pause. And, so I want to share I want to share some of these thoughts with you and you tell me what you think. So the argument is that Microsoft when it is in a position of power will strangle its consumers that it will, you know, seek uh for example to make things exclusive to make I don't know Diablo exclusive to PC or or to make Candy Crush exclusive to uh, Game Pass or something. That that is the concern of whoever wrote this article in Games and Street Up is. In addition to that, the concern is that it it 
PlayStation is, as we talked about with passion, PlayStation is not in a position to really compete with Microsoft. It's going to require a pretty substantial investment in their cloud services and in their game offerings because, you know, like Passions was talking about last week, the PlayStation Plus collection is gone. It's gone. And PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now aren't really keeping up with Game Pass. Game Pass is like, you get day one drops. I was able to download and play Hi-Fi Rush, for example, immediately after watching the Xbox Direct event. Immediately. Immediately. Like, no time delay. They announced it and you could play it. You could even stream it. PlayStation Plus doesn't have anything approaching that. You can't play God of War day one. You can't stream God of War even. So, Sony is way behind Microsoft in that in that sense. So, if Microsoft, the argument here in gamesindustry.biz is that if Microsoft already being the streaming king, if they acquire even more properties, then then it becomes very difficult for even Sony to compete with them. And if Sony can't compete with them, then we are in serious trouble. But that that's kind of the argument. The secondary argument is that Game Pass isn't good for developers, that it's going to pay them less, that things are going to be unfair for developers because you know how do you how do you charge for how do you pay developers for something that drops for free day one you don't have pre-orders you don't have you know uh even sales even regular sales coming in from game pass because game pass is free you get you get it for 15 bucks a month you get brand new AAA games for 15 bucks, And it's great for us. It's great for the consumer. But what does that mean for the developer? Now, as far as I can tell, a lot of developers are very, very happy with the deals that they're getting through Game Pass. Uh, like we talked with uh, Justin Roiland and Squanch Games with High on Life. You know, they wanted to make sure that they were getting the best bang for their buck. So they asked people about releasing on Game Pass and, you know, they said, hey, it's a great way to get the game into the hands of people and who may not have otherwise bought it and then it will drive sales. And Squanch Games found that to be pretty true. So it sounds like the developers would rather have it the way it is. It because not everybody subscribes to Game Pass, it it gets exposure to the game without having to spend extra money, and you get a little bit of money in royalties. Uh, but ultimately, you're, you're making less money on Game Pass. The idea, then, is that it's going to drive additional sales. For example, I, I have a buddy who doesn't have Game Pass, refuses to get a Game Pass, and... <laughs> So, like, I'm over here playing all these, like, hundreds of games. I, I have so many games at this point that I, it's kind of shocking to me. I'm getting to the point where I don't know what to play anymore because I'm getting so much content for 
basically free, at least in my mind, it's free. So, uh, so I'm playing all these games and I'm talking about them and I can give him recommendations because I have exposure to them and he, he just won't buy game pass. So that's the idea, right? That's the status quo. That's probably what's best for developers. The argument against the, the merger is that once Microsoft really, really leans into Game Pass and really starts to dominate the market where Game Pass is all you do, then it's bad for developers. So we'll see. I think that is an argument that's 10 years down the road. I don't really see that being an issue for the moment. I can see some restructuring. I can see you having to pay five dollars, ten dollars for a game or whatever, but uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what actually happens if Microsoft is smart, and who knows, a company that big. I don't know that they can be smart. <laughs> it's just there's there are so many people involved in in a company that big that it, it's hard to move it. And, you know, when you have investors that are from all over the world, millions of them, you don't want to lose any money. You want to make safe bets. So I I don't have a ton of faith in Microsoft to be smart over the long run. I think the Xbox division under Phil Spencer is doing a fantastic job so far. I hope that Phil Spencer can remain humble and keep things fair for everybody. But at the same time, I'm getting the sense that he, he smells blood in the water and he, he's going to go for the, the, the stranglehold. I, I, that's the sense I get because how can you not? He's, he's the CEO of a gaming company. Therefore he is a gamer and he's grown Xbox substantially he wants to win. So to win, you know, he might go for that kill move, which may not be good in the long term, but we'll, we'll find out. Competition is good. Competition is good for everybody, particularly us. So hopefully it's not too, too bad of a deal when this thing goes through. I'm not going to say if, because they will merge. So hopefully it's a net positive for, for the community. But that's what I wanted to talk about uh, today. Oh, small small thing. Hogwarts Legacy, uh, apparently you can't sit down. That's not a mechanic I typically use, but like basically ever. I can... Yeah, I, I, never, I, ba- I never sit down unless I need to in a video game. But apparently you can't. So people are a little upset that you can't sit down in Hogwarts Legacy. Fortunately, we live in the future and updates can come through pretty quickly. That seems like an easy one. Uh, And it's not something I thought about. But, you know, if I go back to when I was gaming in the early 2000s and you didn't have that ability, you were just you were walking around and you were always standing there awkwardly. I can see where that pulls you out of the immersion. So, interesting little detail there that has more weight than I would have given it. 
But anyway, with that, guys, uh, we're going to close out the week there. I am going to go talk to Squirrely and Passions tonight, and we'll have an episode for you over the weekend, and we'll catch up on Monday. So you have a good rest of your day. I will catch you tomorrow and on Monday. We'll see you then. Peace.